On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we're continuing our neo-brain march as we discover some fateful findings. Corruption and greed are everywhere. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, a bi-weekly movie podcast that features hosts Brandon and Cullen discussing a film from cinema's past, considered but not limited to being a cult classic. As a disclaimer, each episode will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Episodes available on cultcinemacavalcade.com and iTunes. Like the show on Facebook and follow on Twitter at ccavalcade. For questions, suggestions, and all inquiries, contact us via mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Don't let the outside world poison your spirit. It will help you to write, to inspire you to give you strength for this one important act for humanity. I can't wait any longer. I'm not ready for this. This is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 35. This is Brandon. And as always with me is your co-hoster and proud owner of four laptops and one magic rock, Cullen. I love you. I love you. Today we are discussing the third try from Neil Breen, 2013's Fateful Findings. Cullen, what has your plot research uncovered? A small boy discovers a mystical power as a child. He is then separated from his childhood girlfriend. He grows up to be a computer scientist who is hacking into the most secret national and international secrets, as well as being an acclaimed novel writer. His childhood findings gives him amazing paranormal powers. He is reunited with the childhood girlfriend mystically on his hospital deathbed as his relationship with his current drug addict girlfriend is deteriorating. The passions build between the threesome. Mystical, psychiatric, and worldly forces rise to prevent him from revealing the hacked secrets. He attempts to reveal all in a Washington, D.C. press conference with fateful and dangerous consequences. On this film, Neil Breen produces, directs, writes, stars, edits, set designs, does makeup, sound, costuming, location management, and craft services. Oh, and he cast the film too, and here's who he picked to be in it. Clara Landrat, Jennifer Autry, Victoria Viveros, David Silva, and Daniel Andrade. Welcome back to Cult Cinema Cavalcade for our Thankful for Neil Breen Month. Something we're not quite thankful for is this will be our last entry in the series for now. We're unable to get a hold of pass-through right now. Yeah, we will do it in the future. We just can't get our hands on it yet. But uh, stick around. We do have a very special bonus. We promised you four episodes this month. You are getting four episodes this yes, month. Yes, we are We are not going to go back on that. But yeah, Pastor right now, it's a little hard to come by. It's a new film, and I don't think Neil Breen's that popular to have easy access to the movie. And I don't think, while it's on DVD, I don't think they have shipped out yet, or we would have it. But let's let's enjoy 
this fateful finding, which is a marvelous finding. You know, even though I read that synopsis, the title Fateful Findings still doesn't make any damn sense to me. I still don't understand why it's called Fateful Findings. Well, I guess his research has some that, fateful that, finding. I guess it does for some people. This is what we live for, right? This is what we this has all been coming to this, right? It's uh double down. I am here now. He's got he's got two practices under his belt. He's ready to go make a, a movie. That at least in quality wise, it's up there with some of the the nicest looking pornos of the modern era. <laughs> yes, you're right. Like it looks this pornoish. This, this could be on Cinemax at one in the morning. It does have that look. Yeah, that's the video quality of it. Yeah, there, there's no uh, si- simulated penetration, unlike in I Am Here Now, but there is still plenty of awkward. Uh, nudity. What kind of awkward nudity? It's the same level of nudity yeah. as in his other movies. We'll talk about it later, but there is one actress that I feel is like two seconds shy of being like, get your fucking hands off me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure most of the actresses feel that way about Neil Breen, but this one is you, you can feel it coming through the screen when you watch her. Yeah. The, the thing, um, how you could tell the difference between this and the Cinemax Movies of the same look and ilk is the Cinemax movies have uh, other worlds better acting. Oh my god, you're right. Softcore pornography is better acting than Neil Breen movie. Faithful Findings of Cullen and I have said is our starter drug into Neil Breen. The first time I saw this, I, wow, hands down, was amazed. I mean, this is the reason that we had to watch the other movies. So you know it has to have a special impact. If we had watched I Am Here Now... I don't know if we would have watched any of these other movies. Well, it's hard to tell since we we started with the third film in. Mm -hmm. I mean, those could have had that impact, but because we saw this one first, it's lessened. You you never know. We we knew what he was capable of. You just hadn't reached that point yet. Right. Let's get right into this one. Faithful Findings. I can't believe it's you. I think of you every day. I think of you every day. I think of you. I've never forgotten. We started a a storage uh, unit inside in the halls of one. There's a gigantic book on a pedestal. It's but the thickness of three Bibles. Yeah, it's just huge. And then we go to a wooded mountains. There's, there's two kids playing in grass. Gra- I know, like grass. Trees. I was so excited. Like, thankfully, Neil Breen took a vacation to Montana or something because there's there's vegetation. It's not a, a vast wasteland. Oh, it, it it was so nice that like and, and you know what, Brandon. Also, I don't think there's stock footage in this movie. If there is, he was very careful with it. Yeah, I don't remember. I. I don't remember any stock footage. If it is, it's extremely minimal. Yeah. No, it, I I mean, the other movies, it was just you know, obviously there and hung on it so long. Mm-hmm. So... I, didn't, I didn't see anything in the credits crediting stock footage. Hmm. Okay. So, you know, he's growing as a filmmaker. He's, he's inching towards making it an actual movie. He's learned it, Ding. But, and in pass-through, 
Uh, from the trailer, I can see he's learning to use uh, green screen. Oh, no. Well, he uses some in this, too. Yes, he does. These kids are walking in the forest, and they walk by an animal skull on the ground that, like, turns to follow them, like, watches them. They find this mushroom that just <laughs> transforms into a pouch with what they call a treasure. And it's got this little box that has a magic rock in it, which is basically a dotless die. Yes. Like, yes. It's just like a black die. And there's also these beads in there. And the girl says she'll make a bracelet out of them. And she's like, it's it's such a magical day that she writes, it's a magical day in her notebook. Well, no, it's delivered like, it's a magical day. Oh, she says it as she writes it. And then she looks at the book and says it again. Well, when they leave, the mushroom reappears. And we cut to two adults, like, in a hurry with, like, suitcases and stuff, packing up a car to leave. And that girl says, you know, where's Dylan? Which, holy shit, a character name. I know, I couldn't... There are multiple... Dialogue, a character name. Yeah, this one... Okay, this is the... Neil Breen, like, had heard about his first two movies where it's like, you say they're this in the credits, but I was just... Wow. It was like shocking plot twists whenever you'd hear a character name. It's like, wait, <laughs> I saw them for five lines and found out their name? Yes. Now, there are still plenty of people in this movie where... It they're... takes a while to find their name out. Yeah, and there are some people where their their occupation is their character name. But it's not most... Most of the people in this movie have The main players. Names. The main yeah. players have names. He Like, the little boy's Dylan, and she, her name's Leah. And she hugs him, and her family leaves, and we get a Neil Breen voiceover, because, you know, it would be complete without. Leah and him, they had a fantastic summer together, but her father transferred work, and he never heard from her or saw her again. And I think this might be the only Neil Breen voiceover. Every yep. other time we hear his voice, it's an actual scene where he's interacting That's with it. someone. Yes, this is it. That it, It's like he's... You know, he's bringing you in by stuff you're familiar with of his previous movies, but he's going to move on. He's, like, lightly letting you in. He's growing as a filmmaker. It's amazing. So in present day, which I I think is present day, which, judging by his technology, like, might be before present day. I I don't know. Yeah, Uh, we don't see anyone with a smartphone. But he's, He's got, like, a sidekick. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure that this is present day. But he found an old phone that he could break and do whatever he wants with. Yeah. So that's the why it's not movie a smartphone. came out in 2013. Yeah. So yeah. S- smartphones weren't. I mean, they were. Most people have. Them. Most people had smartphones by that point, or yeah. something that was very close to a smartphone. Which he, I, I could see Neil Breen as a Samsung Galaxy guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just puts it in his pocket, wait for it to blow up. He he's all grown up now, Dylan, and he calls his wife, who's just hanging out in the kitchen, and he's crossing the street, and we see all these like feet crossing the street, but when we cut to a further shot, it's Neil Breen by himself. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, wait, I thought they were showing us it busy, but he drops his cell phone, and then he gets hit by a car, <laughs> like it's like bam viciously hit by a car yeah and like it's it, it's almost like it's like a cartoon how he gets hit by the car right you expect to hear a boing or, or something when it gets nailed i'll have to say it, it's better than i would expect from neil, a neil breen movie 
I I watched and I yelled out shit because he gets really nailed by the car. I mean, there's blood on the grill of the car and so much blood. Yeah. I don't know. Neil Breen's character produces more blood than any other human being on the planet. Yeah, he yeah he that dude out. has triple the blood of anyone. Then we see the, the from the car we see a pair of female legs get out and walk over and. And then, you know, we have all these witnesses that watched it, and we get those, you know, Neil Breen reaction shot, those awkward... Those super close-up shots that shoot up towards the sky so they can be anywhere. Where people are just commenting on things. He's like, like one guy's like, It's the Rolls-Royce that hit him. I saw it. I'm a witness. Well, yeah, the Rolls-Royce hasn't moved, dipshit, so... (laughs) And there's lots of, like these crowd reactions and then we see the magical rock it's on the ground and then neil brings bloody hands reaching for it and the legs the female legs try to pick it up but like this little fog drifts by and she backs off and then he's taken off in a stretcher while a man is on the phone asking if he's okay but do, do we ever know who this like legs are this woman i think i might be putting it together yeah when we get when we get to the end Neil says something that didn't make sense, but now it might start to make sense. So, folks, remember this. A pair of women's legs gets out of a car. That might mean something. I might be looking into things, but we'll get there. I promise. I have no idea, so I'll appreciate your help. I didn't think about it until just this moment, honestly, when you said a pair of women's legs. Because, I mean, I obviously knew they were a pair of women's legs when I watched the movie, but I didn't think about it until just right now who this person could be. Yeah. So, so stick around, folks. Your so, mind might get blown. Or not. You know, whatever. We've talked about many things that Neil Breen doesn't understand in human nature. And um, hospitals and doctors. <laughs> is, he's, in, he's in the hospital bed, and he has IVs in both arms. Yeah. And, and, and then he's got a bandage over his face, and there's like a breathing mask. Over the bandages. Well, which... Yeah, th- th- there's... I'm not sure what you would call it, but the the tube that goes directly like into your nostrils is on him. And then on top of that, there's like the uh, the o- oxygen mask on, on top of that. Yes. Over these enormous bandages. The thickest bandages I've ever seen. Like, they're not like, like wrapped around his whole head, but like his whole... Almost his entire face is covered. Right. There's like like enough for N I and there's like a little dent for his mouth. <laughs> like it's not like you can like put anything through it to feed him. There's just, it's just dented, so you know that's where his mouth is. And his wife and this dude that you have said looks like looks like a like a late '90s porn star. Oh, he absolutely so, does. His name is Jim, but I'm not calling him that. I'm calling him Porn Man. Porn Man. He yes. Like. He's like all veiny and. Yes, veiny, and it looks like like one thrust of his hips, and he'll just start pouring sweat down his face. And he's super horny. Yes, he is. And he's super bad at acting, like a porn star would be from the 90s. Yeah, so the doctor tells them he's in critical condition from extreme head trauma, and it doesn't look good. And then this dude, Jim, he goes, he's my good friend. So it's like, oh, that's why this guy's here. Yeah, like, okay. And you know what? Guess what? We're, we're understanding the relationship between the characters. 
that doesn't happen like in any Neil Breen movie. This is right. the first one where it's like, oh, I should probably say who these people are in relationship to each other. As on the nose as it is in this movie and like like preschool basic, it's there. I know. He's he's really learned. Thank God. But I don't know how, but it There's still so much he doesn't know. Yes. Cause, I want like, you to think about that. Th- that just showing how characters are uh their relationships to each other that's a major step for him it took him three movies to figure that out and this doctor like he repeats all this same shit about his coma and his head trauma like 80 times before like this is the neil breen repeat movie which i'm wondering if a lot of this movie's improv like he had an idea for scenes and didn't really have dialogue till like they shot it because i mean they it's for you know someone who doesn't know what they're doing the way like he just re- like the repeated lines in this movie i i, I, I was, was wondering written, at this time around i'm like i wonder if he just like had an outline for each I think scene there was i think there was a script i think there was dialogue written because they all talk like neil breen that's true where this they true. where they say the line and then they repeat it like two or three times right almost exactly the same way they they change a word or two in this sentence, and that's it. it yeah, it's 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 all Breen. So this super fine blonde doctor comes in to check his pulse and reaffirms everything that the previous doctor just fucking said. And she's like, "Oh, he's not my patient, but let me know how he's doing." Go, okay, because <laughs> okay. I'm just curious. And then she comes back after everyone leaves and just to shake her head and walk away. Like, what? What? But also. Something very important with this blonde doctor, we see a bracelet, and this bracelet is made up of little plastic gems that were sitting next to the mushroom that turned into a box that had the black dye in it. Yes. So, that means it's Leo. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe it's leo yeah the wind starts blowing the blinds and then neil breen's eyes open and then he takes everything but his facial bandage off and leaves the hospital and we get to see his ass (laughs) this is the only time we see his butt i believe and then a man i'm thinking a man in a black pair a player black dress pants and black dress shoes walks in to the hospital bedroom and disappears yeah we only see this person from the shins down. And this is a I, person we, do we ever, do you have an idea who this is? I, I know it's Neil Breen probably filming him. So, yeah. but I don't know if this is supposed to be like Neil Breen's like consciousness or some kind of other spirit or I don't know. I, I don't know, but this is not the first, the only time that we see this, apparition yeah neil Breen goes home to shower and to no one's surprise his house has the same carpet as the hospital yeah because when they show the hospital he's in his hospital room in bed and you're like wait carpet in the hospital yeah there's no way it was was in his bedroom yeah absolutely it was uh the female doctor finds that he's left and she calls the other doctor to make sure he's not been discharged and breen's wife awakes hearing the shower the bloody fucking shower. Like, there is so much blood. And yeah. a blood trail leading up to it. <laughs> I, th- 
there, there's more blood in this scene than there was on that Rolls Royce, and it blood was dripping off of that car. It looked like the car was bleeding. There was so much blood in it. This in the shower, it looks like he's lost two pints of blood. Yeah, it is like, just funneling down. It is ridiculous. Yeah, I. <laughs> I had to call my wife into the room to show her how ludicrous that scene was. And is, we- it, is this, what am I watching? Is this Carrie or Fateful Findings? <laughs> so all this blood is pouring down his legs, and he calls for his, wa- his wife, girlfriend, whatever, to help him. Also, he's still wearing his comical <laughs> bandages. Yes, and they do this. She comes in the shower... And they do this, like, odd little, like, dance, like, in a circle. Yeah. Well, she's in the shower to block his nudity, I yes, guess. Yes, that's, yeah. Because he is naked in this scene, folks. You don't you don't see Sack, like, in Double Down. But he's, he's absolutely naked. And they're just awkwardly holding each other. And I was waiting, like, are they going to kiss? Or, no, they're just going to awkwardly hold each other as he bleeds all over her it's like the like the awkward hugs and like the just friends in that movie yeah doing the little shake thing and make a dance out of it and then we cut to them in bed where they're both naked where i guess guess they had sex i don't know but his face is still bandaged (laughs) the the normal bandage yes we get to see his office which has four (laughs) laptops just none of none of are are ever on no never on he's got a smaller bandage now on his head and the doctor calls his wife who says he's fine and just working on his next book and i wanted the doctor to be like okay but uh when is he gonna pay for his visit he left he just just left he's boned out of there yeah so breen he gets some sort of headache and he's on the phone telling someone to leave him alone. I think it's his, like, publisher, because he's, like, bitching about deadlines. He's like, I'll call you. Yes, the publisher, because we never hear this the other person yeah. ever. And we see him, like, autographing books and bitching that he's got, like, a master's in computer science, but he became a writer of novels. But it, it's delivered in that Neil Breen way. Yeah. I have a damn master's degree. In computer science, and I turn out to be a writer of novels. All that's coming to an end now. What was up with the the pause, Neil? Oh, and uh, Jim, the friend, is at home with his wife, and the the, the porn man. Yes, the porn man who is an equally porn-looking wife. Yes, and we we looked it up. She's I, not. She's not a porn star. She's not softcore. Neither of them are, unless they're no, going under no, yeah. an, an assumed name in their their porn efforts. But it, as far as we know, they missed their calling to be pornographers. And he's he's mad that she won't drink with him or have sex with him. And she's like, "Where did that come from?" And she's been busy. Her back's killing her, and her office at the bank is having major problems and and we find out that he's got a daughter and they fight about her and he and then he leaves and then the stepdaughter goes he's upset in her room and meanwhile neil breen is working on his bio and can't find his pills 
So we see his wife hoarding some for herself. Well, it's so great that he he yells, "Where are my pills?" Yes, and then get my pills. Whenever, whenever someone is upset in this movie, even mildly upset, it's yelling. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not like it's never frustration. It, 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 no one's ever pensive. It's always get my pills. Breen decides when she brings them to him, he's like, "Ah, I don't want them." Immediately, I don't want to take them anymore. He and looks it, at the pill bottle. I don't need these. I'm not taking my pills anymore. He's yelling at the bottle. And the then the bottle can't do anything to you, Neil. He decides to go flush him down the toilet, and the wife's like, "No, don't do that." And then he puts him in the toilet and doesn't flush it. <laughs> yeah. So she's conserving water, I guess. Of course, she scoops him out, but. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you just, just flush the flush the pills. Was he trying <laughs> for some entrapment to like catch her doing this, or well, I mean, is, is it, obviously well, not. <laughs> he just put the pills in there, like, well, I'm gonna take a BM later, so you know, I'll flush them then. There's no need to waste water. It's fine. There's this vision of Neil Breen naked, sitting Indian style in a black trash bag lined room, <laughs> with his back to us. Like, what is it. this? And that's it. It's, yeah, he wakes up at his desk. <laughs> and his wife's like says he was mumbling something. And he goes, I feel like something's inside me. And she she asked if he took his meds. And it's like, fuck, we just saw him dump them. Yeah. Well, well, like, what's so what, Another thing that's so crazy is she wakes him up. It's not like she comes up behind him and shakes his shoulders or anything like that. She's sitting in a chair next to the desk. Like she was just staring like, at him the whole time. Yeah, like she was just watching him sleep. He sees this doctor, and they're sitting at the opposite ends on this like super long table, which means on that day to film, it was just Neil Breen and that guy. Yeah, he's a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I can't remember which, but it's a conference table. It's clearly a conference table. No they, doctor would do that. They try to like they show Neil Breen at one end and then begin to pan down towards the other end. But before it gets to the other doctor, it cuts. Like, yeah. Wait, what the f- and they keep using that shot throughout mm-hmm. the movie. And so he tells the doctor he's feeling less stable, and that's, that's it. Yeah, that's they were arg- arguing over his medication. And, yeah. and, of course, it's d- delivered like Neil Breen. I'm feeling less stable. Yeah. Uh, so he tells his publisher he needs time because he's still recovering. And he has a spasm. And he, like, shakes his coffee a bunch, and then he has an orgasm and passes out. <laughs> like, he's like, uh, uh, and then he, like, just spills, and he spills and gets it all over his face and on the computer. And yeah, one of his four computers, yes. Uh, oh, During that, he has, like, a, a flashback of his accident. 
in the middle of that. Yes, so- yes, yes. Before before his orgasm, <laughs> as a flashback of him getting comically hit by a Rolls Royce. Yes. Yes. Speaking of Rolls Royce, his friend is like buffering a uh, Ferrari, and his wife bitches that he would rather be drunk and with his car than with her, and he's like. You care more about that car than me. You would rather be drunk in here than with me? Right now. Gives me more pleasure than you did the past few months. Screw you! And then we find out their name are Amy and Jim. Because she's on the phone with uh, Neil Breen's wife. Which yes, I know but, we, we, he's clearly been established as Dylan, but I keep calling him Neil Breen. Oh, no, no, no. He's, he's Neil Breen. He's Neil Breen. They're at the table. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they invite yeah. Uh, them over for dinner. And they're yes. immediately at the table. And then we have all these like Neil Breen reaction shots about being glad to be at dinner. And it, oh, yeah. I'd love to try your wine. I want you to try this new wine. I'd love to try your wine. That's what like Amy says, which oh my gosh, she puts the girl from the last movie, the twin sister, to shame. Yes, she is. She's officially the worst actor in this movie, hands down. If you know how, and I the said, movie stars Neil Breen. Yes, yeah, yeah, it does. Like I don't know, like Neil Breen gets a, a pass because he's busy. He's he's doing craft services. He's right. doing their makeup. I mean, the man's overworked. He's got like ten jobs on this set. As far as we know, this woman's job is to show up and read lines. We should add make makeup fake company names. Make, oh yes, oh yes. This actress, the way she acts. You know how he said that when someone is angry in this movie, they uh, it's just yelling. That's her job. Anytime she's upset, and most of the time when she's on camera. She is an upset character. She's yelling. While they're at the table, they ask him about his, you know, discuss his accident and how he's, you know, so well. And he's like, I have great family genes, but I'm still in pain. Whatever the fuck that means. You got hit by a car. <laughs> and you lost a gallon of blood, apparently. Yes. And he complains about, no, Breen complains about not feeling well. And he gets pissy in his office. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to continue to hack into these government systems and find out about this national and international corruption I know is going on. It's like, yeah, it, it, it what? Cuts, yeah, it cuts from this dinner to that. Yes. to his office. There are some great cuts in this movie that are just like, oh, what? Yeah, like, all right, well, I guess dinner's over. What the hell is happening? And again, he's just yelling at himself. He's hacking. And then we get... Amy and Jim in bed with Amy's fantastic side boob. Significant amount of... I wrote down serious side boob because there's so much of it. Like, yeah, she's like, he couldn't get her naked, so he did the best. Like, yeah. when, when Neil Breen can't get women naked in his movies, he has them lay down on a bed for side boob. That's right. <laughs> Smash your boobs on the bed. That's right. Yes, that looks good. I like the way your side boob looks. Your side boob pleases me. Get a good shot of her side boob. Neil, stop! Now, if I could just move you over. Don't touch me! Oh, okay. <laughs> Jim asks if they could talk, and she just kind of ignores him. Goes back to sleep. And, and by the way, everyone in this movie sleeps on their front. 
Yep. Every person does. Everybody does. So Neil Breen doesn't know how sex works, and he also doesn't know how people sleep. Neil Breen's wife, whose name's Emily, we'll find that in a little bit, uh, is on the phone, and she is drugged up and says to someone that he stopped taking his meds, and the doctor's office, the doctor tells Dylan that he's sliding backwards, and Neil Breen says the sessions aren't rewarding anymore, and the doctor's encouraging more drugs, and immediately we cut to a fight with him and his wife. And he's mad about her pill-taking, getting out of control and driving them apart. And he tells her to go to rehab. And she says, she'll be lost without them. It's her choice. And, like, we cut to them still in that living room. And he's like, he's got to get his work done. And (laughs) she gets off the phone and says her job sucks. She doesn't like the people she works with. But he says, he's got to get his work done. It's going to shock the world. They have no idea. going to change the world as we know it. And she says she needs stronger medication to help her with her bank job. Because people work at banks, apparently. And uh, then Neil Breen says that she needs to straighten her life out. And and she tells him it's because of him. And he's been and he tells her that he's been so supportive of her, of her and hates seeing her like this way. And she's, she's not the same girl. And he wants that girl back. And, and Emily says that she's not coming back. And then they hold hands in the office and says, I'm done talking. And he's like, really? And then they start throwing everything possible off the desk. Yes. And then they, they and he's like tossing papers in the air, just like, ah. And then they struggle to rip each other's clothes off. <laughs> it's so, oh, it's and so And they're weird. laughing and kissing. And then we see their feet, and then their shirts hit the floor at the same time. And then they hug naked, and they're like... And I'm like, could someone please fuck Neil Breen so he knows what sex is? <laughs> or what it's, like, like? Show him a video! There, there's all kinds of stuff to watch, to learn! My god, I love when he's this throwing... Uh, <laughs> the like, laptops and the folders off the desk he's like a sleepy toddler just i don't fucking what is this in my way i'm get out of here he's mistreating his laptops like he's spilling coffee on them throwing books at them throwing them off the desk and these are these are absolutely the same laptops used in double down yes they absolutely are they've got the the two regular laptops and the two stunt double laptops they're all together they survived the desert and Pounds and pounds of canned tuna. Dylan now goes to a new psychotherapist, and she says he is was given a power that's in the wind, and to be careful, they will harm you. They want what you have. This and woman... I don't know who, even after this movie, but he says, I never asked for this. And she says it's meant for him, and it's his forever now. And then we get him staring at a mirror, and then he steps back, but the reflection stays. Yep. More of that Neil Breen, it's mystical, but we don't know why, and we don't really care. Like, who are these people coming after him? We never find this out. And, and by the way, this uh, psychotherapist that he uh, goes to, is she a reanimated corpse? Because she is so... Not only is she terribly old, but she's so stiff. Yeah. It looks like Rick and Mortis has set in. So it does later in the movie. <laughs> This new psychotherapist and Neil Breen 
they're in this office, right? It's just like the like corner. A, a cleaned out janitorial closet. Yeah. They are so close to each other. Mm-hmm. Their chairs, they're in folding chairs, first of all. It's the opposite Sex. of the doctor. He's showing the relationship. The one doctor he's distant from with his feelings and everything. This one he tells everything to. They're closer. They're intimate. If they were any closer, she would be sitting on his lap. It's preposterous. Their knees are almost touching. And, and there's nothing else in this room. Like you said, It's a. it looks like a closet. It's preposterous. And she's probably the one woman in this movie that would willingly sleep with no brain. Oh, God. Well, you know, they're probably closer in age than Neil is with the rest of the women in the movie. Back at Amy and Jim's, Amy just screams, I'm sorry. I, I let you down. You didn't let me down. Let's try and start over. We both got problems. I think, I think I'm beyond that now. I'm going. I'm gonna get some fresh air. Fine, you go. I'm not running away. Oh, God. And, and she pops pills and drinks, and he leaves, but he's like, but I'm not running away. Yeah, he says off camera, walking away from her. And then outside the house, the, the dress pants and, and shoes have appeared. They teleport into the house and then walk the hall, and that's that's all we get. Yeah. We'll see this a couple more times. Still waiting on those, uh, those feet to do something. Yep. <laughs> uh, Neil Breen's working and his wife says it's late now or it's late you know he says he'd love to go to bed but it is fucking bright outside it's judging by the window right next to them now the window is not open but it, they're blinds okay they're closed but there is light shooting like daylight. bright light yeah very bright light it is five in the afternoon in August it's not dark it's not late and he keeps telling her he has too much to do, like, over and over and over and over. I'm busy. Got too much to do. Got much work. Got too... It's... Oh. So he's then... Frustrated we, with his writing. Then we shoot right to them on the couch. And he's with her, and he apologizes for pushing her away. And then Emily asks if he's having an affair, which he denies, saying he's he's just frustrated with writing. And she then accuses him again. And he tells her, I have not been writing another novel. I've been hacking into government and corporate international secrets all over the world. And I'm going to expose them all. And no one knows I'm doing it. No one knows. She calls him crazy and dangerous. He warns her not to tell anyone, which, just like Double Down, no one knows he's doing it. That's, yeah. They don't know it's me. You know, what's, this is movies like a reverse Double Down, where the first part of the movie was all like government secrets and hacking and uh, mercenary stuff. And the second half was all mystical shit. This starts mystical and then gets into the government hacking and all that stuff. Did someone tell, like, Neil Breen one time, like, you suck at computers, Neil. And he's like, no, I don't. <laughs> and he keeps making these films to be like, see, I'm good at computers. 
How can anyone be bad if they have four computers? That's true. We're now back to the garbage bag lined room where the giant book's there now with Neil Breen, naked Neil Breen, and he, he, he takes it and reads from it. And we zap to the kitchen where Emily, the wife, wants to have a barbecue. And we then cut to the pool with Jim and Amy and people. And this is the weirdest, like, it's got, like, it's like a party of, like, 30 people audio-wise. Yes. But there's, like, eight people at this party? Maybe? Like, and yeah. It, and everybody has... This is some of the most awkward physical acting you'll ever see. Like, people just trying to act without talking, which Neil Breen said just probably being like, let's just act these scenes, and then later he'd be like, okay, there's going to be no no talking, just act like you're doing stuff. So everyone's, like, overplaying stuff and just unsure of what they're doing. It's really, really weird. Yeah, these people are even bad without dialogue. That's amazing. Yeah, so oh, then... Oh- also, also, we got to point this out. This is a pool party, right? Same pool from Double Down. Is it the same pool from Double Down? It's, it's the same pool from Double Down. So we can confirm that this is not a hotel pool. Oh, that's this right. Is someone, this is someone's actual pool. It's also a very, very small pool. Right. But, I didn't even. But, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, yeah. Because like that, the, that uh, thing in the back is in the same spot. Right, yeah, the the uh, umbrella coming out of the table. It's the same umbrella. This is I don't, I assume it's Neil's house at this point, or yeah. at least someone he knows. Well, speaking of someone he knows, the doctor shows up with her fiance Tim, and uh, there's no name for her right now. She's just this is the doctor at the hospital. She's introduced like three times as the doctor and Tim. Yes, and, and then she goes to grab her phone out of her pocket. And this pocketbook, this way too big to be in her pocket pocketbook falls out. And we yes. see it's got, it's a magical day written on it. And Neil Breen picks it up and realizes it's Leah. And for some reason, he has aged way faster than her. <laughs> so they were both, what, like eight? He says he uh, she was kids. eight and he was nine. Oh, okay. Well, that one year makes so, a hell of a difference. I hate to break it to you, Leah. You're gonna look like you're gonna look old as hell within a year. He's just lived a very hard life. I, I guess the stress of being separated from her really wore him down because she looks like she's in her probably like late twenties, and he looks like he's fifty. <laughs> right. Like a like a like a hard fifty. And she says she didn't realize it was him because she never looked at his name on the chart. And couldn't see through his bandaged face, like a great doctor that she is. Yeah, what what a fantastic doctor. I didn't look at the name on the chart. Why the fuck were you in the room? And they hold hands, and he tells her, like, creepily, like, into her ears, like, I can't believe it's you. I think of you every day. I think of you every day. I think of you. I've never forgotten. And, and the wife looks over, which they're not even looking in the wife's direction, and they, like, drop hands fiercely. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tim, the fiancé, returns with a drink, and Neil Breen tells his wife that he's known her since she was eight, and everyone's eating and drinking. Then we cut to that, which, in a funny moment, I noticed Neil Breen takes his plate 
and he passes it as if he's like, you know, oh, pass the potatoes or something. But he passes it, and someone grabs like a full like ear of corn off of his plate. Like, oh no, I don't want this. But it just looked weird to me. It was like, what? That was a full. I thought he was passing the corn around. No, he was just giving someone the full corn on the cob off his plate. No, that is that is weird. It's not like, ah, oh, here, have some chips. No, you have a full ear of corn off of my plate. So they're all eating. Like, it's all, like, all the food's done. But then we cut to his wife at the grill cooking more food? Yeah, and we don't just cut to them. Like, we see them from, like, the abdomen down. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, I don't I don't well, know cause, why. Because Jim tri- comes up, and he tries to feel her up. That's what he's trying to show. I... Yes, I, it looks just looks more like the tripod couldn't be moved, so yeah. they're just like, all right, well, we'll just shoot down. Yeah, and she tells him like, get off, he's like he's drunk, and then he like knocks everyone over, or knocks everything over, and it's like, oh crap, stuff's gonna go down. No, it's a group. Cheers. We yeah, cut to yeah, that yeah. because it's time for Doctor Leia to go. Because it, yeah, it cuts from him knocking all the food over directly directly to everyone just gathered around each other like giving a toast so bizarre when they do like they do the toast and then neil leans into the doctor and then this says very nice oh yeah that's so fucking weird <laughs> yes i what, remember that what is very nice what ha- what what are you talking about he is so fucking creepy around her like neil breen definitely has a crush oh absolutely he he probably saw her before he wrote this. Like, I have to find a way to get close to this woman. I would not be surprised if that happened. Like, he is so happy in this movie when she's around, and yeah. she she is not. Uh. Yeah. Also, I think she's the best actress we've seen in any of these movies so oh, far. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And she, she's not great. I mean, she's... She's passable. She's fine. She is an adequate actress. Yeah. Yeah, no, she she totally is. And I, I just feel bad for her. Like, I feel like, you know, once she got her paycheck from this movie, she filed for a restraining order. But... <laughs> she, yeah, she used that to, ch- to file the charges, yeah. Right, so, you know, back in his office, Neil Breen's reading something. And then meanwhile, Hallie, the daughter of Jim, gets in the pool and... She takes her top off, and then she calls for Dylan. She's like, Dylan! But but then, like, gets out, and then goes to take a bath. And, like, why is she fucking here? <laughs> and, yeah. and then Neil Breen thinks it's his wife, Emily, and she's home early, but he walks in on her naked in the bath, and <laughs> then he he puts a towel on her and tells her, stop, and please, and to please don't do it anymore, and I have no fucking clue what he's talking about not doing anymore, and I'm... The first time I saw this movie, I'm like, oh, God, he is not going to hook up with her. Oh, God. Oh, God. But well, yeah. he's, when they're talking to each other, their faces are are pretty close together. Like, it's another, it's, like, it's a extre- creepily, like, framed scene. Yeah, it's an extreme close-up of both of them. But I will say this. They're in the same shot. So we know they're in the room at the same time. Yeah. Are we supposed to take from this that she's got, like, a thing for him? I guess this is just more Neil Breen writing Neil Breen fan fiction. There's only, what, two women in this movie that do not want his bone. All right? 
One is the the half dead psychotherapist, and the other is um, the the mean drunk that is married to Jim, the male porn star. Yes. The wife comes home and wonders what Hallie's doing there. And Neil Breen gets mad at the wife because she's given an open invitation for Hallie to use the pool. And then Emily calls Amy and says she'll tell her never to do it again. And then Jim and Amy have a drink together. And he then he gives her shit about, are you working hard at the office? Well, Jim, what the fuck do you do? Yeah. We, we don't you... know that Amy it really works, but she at least talks about it. Yeah, all Jim does is work on a car and drink. That's all we've yep. seen him do. And we... And not even we, work on a car. He just rubs it with a towel. <laughs> exactly. There might... Like, I mean, I guess there's an engine in it. We do see an engine at one point. So it has... To, maybe they just can't afford gas. I, I don't know. She uh, she tells Jim about the swimming pool incident, and he tries to get on her about it and tells And she tells him to stay away and throws her drink on him. And then he throws his on her. So everybody's wet. Most, it's so great. Like, they throw their drinks on each other, but they don't throw it in their face. They kind of just, like, angrily pour it on each other's chest. Yes. So, he goes to the garage to buff his Ferrari, and then she pulls a gun from under the bed, and then threatens to shoot the car full of holes, but then shoots Jim. I'm gonna shoot this damn car up full of holes! No, no, no! Yeah, she pulls the trigger once. And then it was who, a direct hit to his head. Who bleeds out just like Neil Breen. <laughs> and, yes. And who is at the door. Like, he happened to come over. And then Hallie is, like, monotone as ever, says, You killed him. And Amy tells her to call 911. You didn't see anything. You don't know how he was. How was he? I mean... You didn't seem suicidal. Yeah, and I don't know what happened here, but he's like, he's on the ground, like, he's got blood in his ear, but then he's got, like, coming from the back of his neck? And then she decides to put the gun near his body and tells Neil Breen that he, he cl- killed himself. And this is just, like, whole moment is a fucking highlight reel of dialogue in this movie. Of poorly, poorly read lines, just zaniness. He killed himself! He killed himself! Call 911. How could you have done this? Jim! I can't believe you committed suicide. I cannot believe you committed suicide. How could you have done this? How could you have committed suicide? Neil Breen tells Jim's corpse, like, I can't help you with this one, Jim. Which I probably put more emotion into it than he did. Yeah. And oh, he, then he he says, "I can't believe you committed suicide." Yes. And, and he says it like three times, but it's not like he's in shock. Like if if that were the case, like I, I get that. No, it was just him letting the audience know that he can't believe that Jim committed suicide. Yeah, and Amy calls Emily to tell her story and cries that she drove him to suicide. It, meanwhile, Neil Breen goes back to his office and ponders how Jim could have killed himself. It was just more of, I can't believe he committed suicide. So instead of, I can't believe you committed suicide, I can't believe he committed suicide. Yes. And he says it multiple times. Don't worry, folks. He's hurt. Uh, the black gar- garbage bag room uh, is shown again, and then a couch. 
with Reen and Emily, and Emily blames herself for Jim's suicide. So she pops some pills and says that she pushed him over the edge of the barbecue. And <laughs> because she's... she turned down his drunken advances. Right. And she pushed him over, and she says that Neil Breen's better off without her. But she's like, no, I'm not better off without you. Back in the office, he gets a phone call from his publisher, and he gets pissed, and it's he's not going to sign a book deal with whoever it is, and no gen- more gently, books. carefully throws books and stuff. He's like, <laughs> yes. oh, I'm mad. It's, it's oh my gosh, no more books. He throws a book at a computer. Now in the garbage bag room, there's a naked blonde with Neil Breen, who I think they want us to. Th- to think is Leah, but it's not. Oh no! They now don't this... show the person's face. Yeah, it's got like her. Her face is in her knees. She's kind of balled up, sitting on the ground. I'm pretty sure it is the actress that is not a porn actress. I'm pretty sure it's her. It, it looks more like her body type. Amy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does not look like the the Leah character in this movie. She's yeah. th- this character looks taller than her. She looks more solid than she is because Leah looks kind of, I don't want to say small, but not as, not as solid. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Uh, in the office, because we just constantly are in that office, Emily says she can't go on like this and is out of her head and slides the books off the counter. She's like, one, two, three, just trying to piss Neil Breen off. He's like, ha, huh, I was just throwing those earlier. Uh, <laughs> Joke's on you. Eastern European woman. Back at the the psychotherapist, uh, Neil Breen says he lost his first love at nine, and shows the shows the rock that he kept as a reminder of her. But there is so much more. What? <laughs> at the and then he goes to the other doctor, and Breen denies increased dosage of the pills, and he wants to know about and the doctor wants to know about his dreams, and and asks if he's seeing another therapist, but Neil Breen denies it. Then this guy asks about his research. And then we see Emily on the phone spilling the beans about the government research. Yes, because the doctor just flat out asks her, tell me about his government research. Yeah, I mean, but let me know about that. By the way, how far down are those glasses on that old guy's face? Oh, yeah. The doctor, he wears glasses. It is the minimum amount of nose so that glasses can actually still be on the face. They're just at the very, very butt end of his nose. Very true. It looks like if he were to... Well, this guy is just covered in sweat all the time. So I I don't know how they didn't completely slide off his face. Neil Breen goes out for a walk, and he bumps into Leah, and they, like, say hi. And he's like, it was good to see you out here. And they walk by each other. I'm like, oh, that was it. And then they stop and they go back and then they, they hug each other. And then they they go for a walk where she tells him she broke up with Tim and said there was always someone else. And then we get a shitload of like, I love you. I love you. You love me. Love, 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 love fucking talk. I love you. I knew I loved you when I was eight years old. I fell in love with you that day when we were walking in the forest and finding the black cube. And I love you. But but also, this is... I think this might be the closest 
two people's faces are in this movie. Because they are, you know, we mentioned before that Neil's face is really close to that teenager's face when they're talking. They're even closer. Yeah. They are so damn close. So close. It, it looks like their their noses are about to touch. It is so, oh my God, it is unnaturally creepy close. Plus, it's, if that isn't enough, the shot is just extreme close-ups of their heads. Yes. While they're doing this, the wife's at home drinking on, on their bed. And back in the forest, uh, they Brian and Leah go back to, to the beginning where they were and find the mushroom, and they put the beads in the rock back. Correct? They put it back. Yes, they absolutely did. They absolutely put that... that put it back in the that, case. That, that the fucking dye. rock mm-hmm. goes back in the case. Okay. Just going to put that there. Uh, and then the, the wife pops... She mo- does the most unconvincing, like, pill-popping I've ever seen. Yeah, like how hard was it just to give her some Tic Tacs? That would have been fine. Instead, her there's clearly nothing in her hand, and she whips her head all the way back and shakes her hand quite a bit, to let you know that she's trying to put something in her mouth. Neil Breen says, "It's a magical day. It's a magical time." And she goes, and she's like, Leah's all a place where dreams come true. And during this, the wife like pretty much responds like we would to this dialogue and passes out spilling water. <laughs> it's supposed like, to be wine, I'm but it's sorry, clearly Dylan. water. So Dylan and Leah kiss in the forest, and he takes off her top, and she takes off his, and they drop just like before at their feet. And it's just, oh my gosh, the most awkward kissing. And st- like, somebody fuck Neil Breen so he knows what he's doing, right? I know yeah. I just said that already, but oh my gosh. Like, this kissing is more convincing, but it's still super creepy. Like, he he purses his lips so far out. Yeah. Is it, though? Like, she is not into this shit at all. And I, I could tell in this movie, like, she she's just like, oh, my God. Stop well, yeah, it. Like, he's, yeah. he's kissing her more than he probably told her he wouldn't have seen. Just, just go with it. And she's got to take it because she's on camera. And plus, she's topless. And she's topless. Being yeah. touched by Neil Breen. Who's also topless. Yeah, like, there there are multiple times in this movie where she's clearly uncomfortable. And yet, this is the best chemistry he's had with any woman in any of these <laughs> movies. <sighs> so he comes home to find Emily dead. Well, it, it, well, well it's so great. It, it cuts from them kissing and being creepy, whatever. Like, it cuts immediately to... Neil running on camera in yes, the bedroom. Yes, like he was he was running the camera and was like, okay, I'm gonna go in the scene now, and uh, he's like, Emily, 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 wake up, wake up. It was you. I know it was you. And there, there, there are scream no's, but he cut the volume off there. Mm-hmm. So it's silent. Yeah. So, so when he says, it was you, I know it was you, I think, I think he's talking about the woman in the Rolls Royce. I think that's what he means. Really? Th- that's, that's my guess. Because what else is he fucking talking about? I think he was talking about the person who gave away his secrets. Because she, she's, she's the one who told the doctor about what he was doing. So I didn't know. That's what I figured he was saying. I know it was you. I guess that probably makes more sense. 
So we never figure out who the fuck this woman at the beginning of the movie is. No, we don't. Oh, is it, it, it? Does she have something to do with those ghost farts? I know. Yeah, just the, periodically the, show the up. ghost farts. Yeah. We haven't really touched on this. No, because they, they don't show up see, here and there. They don't seem to be relevant, but maybe they are. We we can't tell. Occasionally in this movie, when something kind of mystical happens, there's this little gust of of fog that we'll call ghost farts because it looks like a ghost farted. Yes. And it's always like the exact same shape. And there's, I'm not sure, there, I think there's like wind chimes or something whenever it happens. But like you see it and you're just like, okay, is that something? Is that going to, no, it never pays off. We don't know what the fuck that is ever. He then tells a phone that Emily's <laughs> dead. Like, yes, he opens up the phone. You know, it's like a texting phone. You know, it's not a smartphone. So he opens it up and just says that she's dead. And like he throws it down. And then he falls asleep and the rock disappears from his hand. But he, but he, he shouldn't he, have it. He shouldn't have it. And he's back in the forest, topless kissing Leia. And then we go back to the naked garbage bag line room. And then he's on the phone again. And he says he's he's gone. He's, he's telling someone he's gone in a much deeper, profound direction with his book, which he calls Research That Will Change the Country. And then the psychoanalyst tells him not to let outside the outside world poison his spirit, and he needs strength for this one important act for humanity. And he's back in the fucking office, and he sits... And this is the weirdest thing. Leah's sitting like she's being held hostage in a chair... And he is, like, grinning, eating spinach, like, eyeing her. Just a huge plate of spinach. Just a huge plate. And he's, like, sitting, like, glazed, like, eyes just, like, lasered on her while she's sitting, like, like, like she's, like, like someone said, if you move, I will fucking shoot you. And then, like, he's, like, grinning, eating spinach. It's like, what the f- And then he lays it down, like, and it falls, like, he lays it on, like, files, so it falls over. Yeah, and then he just kind of shrugs his shoulders like, <laughs> like, why is this funny? Why is it? Why are they having a meat cute right here? Like, because that's what it fucking looks like. Yeah. But it's, it's, I, it's awkward. I, it's just awkward. The man likes spinach and canned tuna. <laughs> He's got plenty of iron. He spills the beans to Leah. They. I've hacked into the most secret government and corporate secrets. The most secret. And discovered corporate and government cheating, lying, corruption, and hypocrisy on a massive level, worldwide, much more than has ever been seen before. These documents are going to change the world. You could say all that stuff, but where are your fucking examples? Just say a couple of things. Like, That's I all you have to do. This one business is doing this, and, th- and it's, it's like, you, you can't, like, this is just like Double Down. It's like just these generic, Cullen has, he's he's done greed and cheated. Oh, yeah? Like what? Greed and cheat. That's what he's done. Oh. Yeah. yeah On a massive level, too. <laughs> massive amounts of greed and cheating. And she tells him that he's going to get killed. And he says, no one knows but her. And then 
Then so then he says, well, others have found out what he's doing too. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately. And he goes, I can't wait any longer. I'm not ready for this. And he throws his books and closes his laptop. A guy in a hoodie, then cl- randomly, yeah, it- a guy in a hoodie chloroforms Leah and drops a card. It's, it, it cuts again right from the office to outside. No setup, no establishment. It just cuts. And, and all as of a sudden, soon as the guy gets Leah and walks around the corner, Neil Breen's right there on the phone. This is this is fucking hilarious. He's like calling her. He's like, Leah, hi, it's Dylan. I just pulled into the driveway and I'm right at our front door right now. And your purse is laying on the walkway. Leah, Leah, are you there? Leah, pick up. Leah, where are you? I've gone into the house and looked for you. You're not there. Your purse is here laying on the walkway leading up to the front door. Leah, where are you? Pick up. Are you okay? Are you okay, Leah? Leah, where are you? I'm worried. I'll find you. I'll find you, Leah. I'll find you. Don't worry. I'll find you. It's voicemail, dude. Like, you don't... <laughs> and it's, like... He's, like, describing everything. It's just... Oh, so funny. Yeah, again, he repeats, I'll, I'll find you, Leah. I will find you, Leah. It's like he's trying to deliver the same line three different ways so he can pick, like, the best one for editing, but fuck it. I'll use all three of them in the same scene, back to back. Damn F it. Damn, Breen, you were brilliant three times in a row. So, that storage facility that we opened with in this movie comes back into play here, but a trailer that's parked outside there where Leah is locked in it and blindfolded, and then Neil Breen just shows up. Just He knew. Yeah, well, it's a good thing that, that uh, the chloroform guy dropped his card. And he roughs up the thug and breaks a, a, a beer bottle on his head? Yeah. And and he can't get the lock open, so he teleports into the trailer. <laughs> tells Leah he'll get her out of there, but she needs to put the blindfold back on because she can't see what he's going to do, and then teleports her out of the trailer. I want to take a moment just to emphasize this. Neil Breen can teleport in this movie. This has not been established at any point in the movie up until now. He he walks up to the front of the trailer, dissolves, and then he's inside. We don't know how he knew how to do this. We, we don't. We didn't know. No one knew he knew how to do this. Does that mean that he's the guy walking around in the black shoes and black pants? But that wouldn't make sense because sometimes this these black pants and, and black shoes. This person is walking around when Neil Breen is in bed. Is he outside of his body? What yeah. the fuck is going on, Neil? No idea. At the house, Dylan is telling Hallie now that not to come there again, and sho- he like shoves her, and she's like, "The police are at my house and talking to my mom," which is now just straight up her mom. She tells that Amy killed Jim, and then rather than doing something about it, he's like, "Go tell the police. Go to the police." And, yeah, walk, leave, get out of here. And then Neil Breen's in bed with Leah. And Leah's showing some side boob. Uh, yeah, again, sleeping on her front. That's how people do it. And by the way, uh, that teen girl, we never see her again. Nope, this That's is her, it. her exit. 
don't see her or porn lady. That's it. They're done. Those characters are done. As far the storyline's wrapped up. As far as we know, Amy got away with it all. Yeah. That yep. side sure. boob. That side boob will live on. <laughs> well, uh, one of his Sony Vios, like slight. This is a weird scene. A Sony Vio like slightly moves, then a drawer opens, and then a piece of paper comes out of a file. That's it. It's just yeah, it's a shot of his office. No one's in there. It's nighttime. Stuff just moves around. Yeah, and then the shoe pants guy comes walking around, and then the the mist fog, the ghost fart. Yep, ghost fart happens over Dylan right. and Leah's um, crop dusting, and a door opens, a mirror and a painting shake, and then Dylan wakes up. And then he slowly gets out of bed just so you can't see him naked. Like, he's being so careful you won't see his crotch. Yep, he backs up super awkwardly. Yeah, and, and then he's in the car, and he calls the house and leaves a message. And he's like, I'm out of town for a day. Uh, promise you everything okay. And he loves her. And he drives, and guess what? We get a cameo. <laughs> From the desert! It's back! I know, like when I saw that, my heart just dropped. Like, oh god, no, not again, not again, Neil. So he finds a book in the desert and asks, asks if he should be afraid, and then the book disappears. So he goes to the psychoanalyst, and she has a a post-it on her door that says she's no longer there, and then she disappears. Yep, she's just sitting by herself in the folding chair, and then she just fades away. And do we see? We don't see her again, do we? Nope. Uh, that's we it. We don't. Nope. Was uh, she a was she a ghost? Who knows? Uh, back home during sleep time, that pants and shoes wanders around and shit shakes in the house. It goes to the bedroom and then blood drips on its shoes, and then it disappears. And so does the blood. And again, a no. lot of blood. And I think that's the end of the pants shoes guy. So they're wrapping up everyone's storylines. So yep. It's nice. Uh, in the morning, Leah finds some tassels, and and he goes, "Oh, a friend of ours left it there for us last night." I'm like, "What? Like, <laughs> yeah, what? What'd you guys do right. with the tassels?" So he, he he goes from backing up out of bed to being in the desert to finding this book to the doctor fading away. To being in, to waking up in bed with her again. Did she not leave bed? What what the fuck happened? What is the passage of time here? Like the only thing we're missing is like Amy hanging herself and the girl going, "I'm gonna go to college and become somebody." <laughs> I look forward to being someone in the future. My future is full of opportunities when I become someone. <laughs> I'll be someone in the future. Leah is on the phone worried about Dylan, and he has a Washington, D.C. press conference. Oh, God, that's right. And uh, Dylan admits that he's been hacking into government and corporate systems across the world. He's found more than any hacker ever. And, w- and I, w- I want you to, to think about this. This goes from them being in bed, her holding up a tassel. What's this? Oh, that's from a friend. Cut to press conference. Yes. Where he's releasing all of these secrets he's been hacking. What he found will shock them. And there's like all this applause about this from the audience, like canned applause. And he shows a drive 
in his hand where he has the files and supporting documents, supporting truths, factual documents, and he'll release them today. And a bunch of suits start admitting their crimes and resigning and killing themselves by gun, hanging, gas, well, pills, slitting wrists. Some of these people, like uh, the the people that kill themselves with guns, they do it at the press conference. Yes, they do it at the press conference. And the, everybody it, says like the people deserve so much better. I, I can't believe after one person kills themselves, how the press conference still goes on. There should be screaming. No one screams. It's just a bang and they're yeah, dead. Yeah, it's like lots of cheering. There's cheering and shit. Yeah, how are people not freaking out? They just saw someone kill themselves right in front of their face. It happens multiple times. Yes. And then Dylan said he's not endangering you know, any innocent persons. And the files who prove the political and corporate dishonesty that exists. And then a sniper comes out from the bushes. And he's got his sights on Dylan. But he gets shot dead. By, By who? who? I don't. The, I don't know. The ghost fart? We don't know. Yeah, and then he tells people they should be scared because it's the truth. But act now on your own, outside the systems and politicians. It is our only hope for the future. After this, we're back to the magical forest where Dylan and Leah walk, and they're stopping for kisses and hugs. And dude, during this time, I can tell she has had it with Neil Breen, and it's like, get the fuck off me. I think this is the last shot. Like he keeps trying to like kiss her, and she's like, "Dude, no, keep just keep walking." I did the one scene where we kissed. That was enough. And then a weird whale sound happens, and like it makes Dylan turn for a second, and then a ghost fart happens, and then they're really far in the distance, and like that's it. And I'll tell you what, Dylan and Leah, man, you could just like he's so happy when he's with her, and she is like. Fuck. <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's, uh, yeah. And, and again, the most chemistry he's had with any yes. woman. And that's it. That's that's the fateful findings we have found. Now, I, I will tell you that John Mestre Giacomo runs camera again in this movie like he did on I Am Here Now. But I did not see Thanos anywhere in the credits. <sighs> Thanos. He, uh, he found all of the Infinity Gems, so don't worry about it. He'll be, <laughs> he was done. He'll be back in summer 2018. That's right. And, you know, we, we mentioned all of the things that Neil Breen did in this movie. Well, it turns out that in the credits, anything that has an N or a B in it is uh, actually Neil Breen. Yep. And we know this because it says that in the credits. Yep, these companies are fake. Yeah. Why didn't you just... I don't understand. If you want to deceive the audience, I get it. You want to make it seem like a bigger production than it is. Fine. Great. But then don't cop out at the end of your credits. Like like, like 20 seconds later, like, oh, it was me the whole time. No. Just <laughs> deceive people or don't. Don't. Dude, whatever the hell this let, is. Let you those know? in the know know and let other people just, you know, probably not read your credits and care. Yeah, exactly. We're the only ones reading it, Neil. No one else cares. I was impressed that he wasn't craft services this time. And then I read, you know, it was, ah, it's just all made up. Uh, most of my credits are lies. I, I, I just couldn't believe it. Like, Neil, 
Why? Why? You've been brained. Can we take a moment and talk about the cube? Let's talk about the cube. What was the cube? Was that the source of his powers? Yeah, is it like the teleporting cube? I don't know. But he gave it back, and after that, it again disappeared from his hand, and then he was able to go through things. And what was the necklace? Did the necklace do anything? No, that was just a that was just a little memento that she made uh, out of the little trinkets that were next to the the, the the beads and baubles that were next to the black dye in the forest uh, for whatever reason. I, I don't understand the dye significance at all. It, it, it disappears, it reappears. I remember that when he when Neil was backing up to to not show his crotch or his butt, thankfully, that it was sitting. On the nightstand next to the clock. Ah, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when the clock turned to midnight, the die just slowly faded away. Mm. What? Like like the witching hour? Yeah, it's like, I'll I'll be be back in the morning. Is it like part gremlin? And like after midnight, like, oh man, don't touch it. Let it go. Let Let it leave. They now know my crimes. Now comes the point in the episode where we rate the movie. As we are called some uh, cavalcade, we keep our options culty. The options are to stay with your family. You uh, feel like the actress who played Leah in this movie and don't really want to see Neil Breen ever again. Converted. You're kind of like Emily. You're his uh, reluctant wife in the movie, but you're there with him. You're, you're, You're ready to go. And drink of the Kool-Aid. Man, can we get some more Amy side boob. All right. So, Cullen, how do you rate Fateful Findings? Well, this is by far the most watchable of Neil Breen's movies. It's not good. Make no mistake about that. There is there's no plot, but it doesn't make me scream until my throat is raw because I've gone insane after watching it. The the acting is 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 better, still not good. The locations are better because it's not just death. It's not just a hot, deadly desert where nothing happens. So that's good. There there are other actors in this movie that interact with Neil Breen. How nice is that? It's like an actual movie almost. It's almost a movie. That's what the that's what the movie should have been called. It's almost a movie. And I'll tell you, the the first twenty minutes to a half hour of this movie are batshit insane, and your jaw is just dropped the whole time. Your eyes are wide. I it took me I don't know like two and a half hours to watch this movie, and it's an, only an hour and forty minutes because I had to keep backing it up to see all the insane things that were happening. I would watch it. I would back it up. I'd call my wife and go, you have to see this scene. They're yelling at each other. They have a mild <laughs> disagreement and they're just yelling. <laughs> like, like I called her in for that shower scene. Like, you have to see this. Like, all the blood fell down. Like, oh, gross. What are you watching? Like, just wait. It gets grosser. Wait until you see Neil Breen's naked body. That's gross. I will say for this movie, I am converted. And I'm only converted because, like, the last... Th- there is some stuff that drags 
not at the very end of the movie because a bunch of people die. So that really kicks it back into gear where it's just, what the fuck is happening? Who are those people? They're killing themselves in front of other people. Uh, so that really <laughs> helps you finish the movie off with another like, what the fuck am I watching moment? But but there's some stuff in there where it's just kind of, they're, they're head scratchers, but they're not so bad that you're <laughs> in, 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 in enough pain to, <laughs> to for any sadist to enjoy. So, uh, like I said, I'm converted. Brandon, how do you rate Fateful Findings? I just realized that this is two movies in a row for Neil Breen, that the, the end of the movie was where the beginning was. Oh, my God, you're right. Right. Fateful Findings. Uh, this one wowed me the first time we watched it and held up the second time for me. I was surprised. I was worried going in. This one has... Some incredible performances in it. Whack dialogue, editing. Like this is this is the whole nine yards, and this is this is what we live for. This is the Neil Breen film to live for. If you see one Neil Breen film, without of the three that are available to watch right now, this is the one. Like this is this is it. And this, I mean, I think this is up there with the room in terms of like holy shit, bad movie quality, and I. I found myself laughing like so much, like there's so much weird stuff, so much crazy, like you squirm in your seat being like, this is so weird. So weird. And I love that. It's so bizarre. It's a little long. It's like an hour 40 compared to his last couple of movies, but it feels shorter than the other ones because I, it, le- I, I left out loud during the first like 20 minutes of this. That's more than I left in the other two movies combined. Yeah. It's so funny. And it's like Neil, like it feels like Neil Breen has taken like steps backwards in his own performance. Like whenever he has to show like deep emotion, it's the most flat. It's flatter than flat, and it's just hilarious. It, it makes you uncomfortable. There's, it, it's the whole gamut. Like it's it's. I think I think I said and I'll stick by this. Is it's maybe maybe it's not as good as the room, but it's the perfect companion movie to the room. Like if you loved the room you got to see Faithful Findings because this one is up that it's that type of weird. It's not like, you know, you wouldn't say like, you know, oh, you like, you know, Troll 2 and, and The Room are different kinds of bad movies that like are like under the, the so bad it's good cult status. And this one is more akin to what The Room is than like a Troll 2 kind of thing or a Dangerous Men kind of thing. And it's I'm just amused by it. I can't believe this thing exists. I can't believe it's so straight face done. And I feel sorry for everyone else who was in it. But Amy seemed to get away good because, well, while her performance was bad, we admired her um, nighttime uh, sleeping scene, and she didn't have to fondle Neil Breen at all. So she made it out pretty good. I mean, even even the little girl had to have an uncomfortable scene with Neil Breen. Even the little girl. Yeah, I, I drink the Kool-Aid on Faithful Findings for sure. Like, high recommend. Like, this is one of the... The best worst movies we've done, I think, honestly. I agree. This is like the sister movie to The Room. Like, like The Room is like a gateway drug into this, yes. into this movie. Like, you think that was batshit insane. Check this out. Like, I don't know if someone, like, uninitiated could catch right on to this one. The Room's a little bit more friendly, mm-hmm. like, welcoming-wise. But it, once you're on board with The Room, you will... This is the next thing. This is the, this keeps your high going. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I showed this uh, to some friends uh, a few months ago, and it didn't go over really well with them. But we started it super late. Yeah. So that's why I blame. It's I pretty dry. On. I mean, it's 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 yeah yeah. yeah. The, the deliveries and stuff are so dry that that late at night, maybe not. Yeah, don't start this at one in the morning. This is a start this like at nine or ten, and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. It's oh man, this is this is this is a fine piece of garbage cinema. It's a magical day. Next week on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing positive moves. Yes, this is the 1988 Angela Lansbury and. I'm going to say a couple things in a row here that you might not think make sense, but they do. Uh, Angela Lansbury workout video. Yeah, that's correct. We feel, you know, after, you know, we'll be, it'll be after Thanksgiving. You'll have some sort of Thanksgiving hangover. Might want to work off all the stuffing and mashed potatoes and whatever you put down your food hole. And might want to work it off. So, with positive moves. Yes, murder she wrote, but calories she burns. In positive moves. This episode has come to an end. We look forward to next time, but first, a clip from Positive Moves. A clip that, like a trailer, actually trails. I take these few moments to focus on the day ahead. I think about each demand that will present itself in the coming day, and I visualize myself meeting it easily and well. I remind myself that I'm going to try to live each moment with a sense of peace, harmony, and calm. After all, it is the dawn of a new day, and anything is possible. to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. You can find more of Cullen's work on the Creative Zombie Studios Network and on Twitter at MyNameIsCullen. You can find more of Brandon's work at WhySoBlue.com and on Twitter at BTPeters. Podcast produced by Brad Shoemaker. Edited by Brandon. Narration by Becky. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf found on the freemusicarchive.org network. The movie in today's discussion is property of its respective studio and no infringement is intended. Please remember to leave us an iTunes rating and review. Join us again in two weeks for the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. Dylan? Dylan, what's going on? Talk to me. Dylan! What's going on? Dylan, talk to me. Dylan, please, what's going on? Dylan. Dylan, talk to me. Talk to me. Dylan! Dylan. Dylan.